What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. NFL Week 4, Adam. NFL Week 4 has now officially come and gone. Uh, two major running back injuries, Nick Chubb and, uh, and Austin Eckler. Uh, and, and just to show you that, you know, that the apocalypse is here, uh, Green Bay has officially thrown to the tight end enough times for three touchdowns for Robert Tanyan uh, in the Monday night action. So uh, more 2020 apocalyptic things happening. Uh, I'm ready to tap out. Well, why? We're just getting started, man. Uh, yeah, look. <laughs> How much this, worse could it get? Uh, it's the NFL, man. Crazy things happen. We all think we know everything at the beginning of the year, and then the season starts, and things get wild. So, yeah, Robert Tanyan, a big night for Green Bay. I'm just thankful that when we had someone call in on the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio show today, and they asked Hurst or Tanyan that we said Tanyan and not Hurst. Uh, I, we didn't expect three touchdowns, but man, uh, he's been getting targets. Uh, he's been uh, Rogers been looking for him in the red zone. Uh, so he now has five touchdowns on the season. Yeah, I mean, really, kind of an easy call to make here, just with the fact that it, coming into this game, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, whose whose pass defense just absolutely atrocious, and then took another hit with losing two more defensive backs tonight. Um, you know, they had given up four touchdowns in the first three games to the tight end position alone. So, you know, it, you, you kind of knew this was coming. And, you know, again, conspiracy theory there, the, you know, suddenly the Falcons can't put up points. Like, I'm sorry, don't don't tell me that I was I, I was a crazy person uh, when Dirk Cutter is announced as the uh, as the as the new head coach of the Falcons uh, by Wednesday. I mean, Quinn should have been gone a long time ago. I mean, this team has just been terrible. They had a couple of blown leads, big leads. The Cowboys game was a disgrace, and they just keep doing it. So uh, Julio Jones was not 100%. It would have been nice for us to know this before the game when we find out after halftime, yeah, we're only using Julio for third downs and goal line situations. Well, thank you for that. And then he doesn't even come back for the second half. Why you even put him back if his hamstring's not 100%? So that made no sense. And they were running the ball a little bit too much, even when they were trailing. Uh, Calvin Ridley, barely existent tonight, did get five targets, no catches. Should have had a touchdown. Drop one in the end zone there. No, he didn't drop it. The defensive back knocked it away. That was Matt Ryan's fault. No, go watch it again. Watch it again. The defensive back Amos knocked it away. I'll complain if I want to. Well, I'm just trying to state facts for people listening. There might have been people who didn't stay up and watch the game, and they were like, oh, Ridley sucked. He dropped it. He didn't. It was Amos who knocked it away. Matt Ryan should have let him. Even Ryan, when you see his reaction, he knew it. He's like, yeah, that was my fault. So it was just – that was what I was worried about with Atlanta. I even said it after the Cowboy game. Like, how do you bounce back from that? You know, I know they're professional athletes, but when you keep – this keeps happening time and time again, it's got to affect you mentally. And then they came back. They lost to the Bears. Uh, Nick Foles brings them back. You got to wonder where they're at. Like, you have to make a change at some point. You need a new voice in the locker room. Leadership needs to change because this is just going to continue. And there's something obviously wrong there. I know they've had injuries, but a lot of teams have had injuries. 
and at least they have the pieces on offense. And I just don't know where they're at mentally, which is why, like I said, I kind of want to take Atlanta, but I just can't because I just don't know where they're at mentally. Like I thought after the Cowboy game, all right, you know, they're home, they're playing the Bears, and they had the lead, and once again, they let it go. So mentally, you just don't know where this team is at. And I love how they were like during the broadcast, well, the Falcons, if they could somehow pull this game out, they have a schedule coming up. Uh, that they can win some games. And I'm like, do you guys realize this team's 0-4? Like, yeah, okay, they're playing the Panthers, Vikings, Lions, Panthers again, Broncos. Sure, seems like winnable games. Those teams actually have put Ws on the scoreboard. The Panthers, who we thought might be the worst team in the NFL, they're way better than the Falcons right now. (laughs) I mean, listen, you're not going to get an argument out of me one bit. I mean, the Falcons are in dire need of a change. Uh, and, and, you know, it was my suspicion that suddenly the offense wouldn't be putting up points. I mean, they were running the ball in situations where they should not have been running the ball. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm sorry. I just I knew this was going to happen with them, that the offense was just going to be a complete dud. Uh, and that's what's going to end up holding it up. And, yeah, you know what, man? I remember when when Dirk Cutter was was the offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Uh, and Lovey Smith was there, and all of a sudden, you know, when when you know Lovey sat on the hot seat, and everybody was concerned, everybody was worried. It was a terrible start to the season. All of a sudden, the the, the Tampa Bay offense just completely shut down. So now, all of a sudden, Gurley's getting 16 carries in a game. He's got two touchdowns. They they go for it on fourth down and make it each way and then they get inside the 10 and it's another fourth down and they're not going to go for it this time you're not going to go for the end zone when you're already down and and your team already looks like crap you got nothing to lose by going for the oh no we're going to take the points here we're going to try and be smart about it uh and and you know and what oh we're we're down you know we we down 3 points less than we were before i just you know to me this was just this was my I mean, you know, dare I say, I mean, I, I knew that it was going to happen, but I still had to start Julio in my leagues, and I still had to start Calvin Ridley, and I still had to start Matt Ryan because, I mean, you know, if I am wrong, well, then then these guys are going to be putting up some points. They didn't do squat, dude. This was this was miserable. I enjoyed the, the Chiefs-Patriots game more than than this and the Chiefs Patriots game was like a snoozer in the first half. Yeah, they both were bad. I mean, New England did a good job to try and stay close, but Brian Hoyer was just a disaster. He cost them points at the end of the first half. He put cost them points at the beginning of the second half. They were driving the ball whenever they got inside the twenty. He just had no feel for the pass rush. I mean, the guy put an arm on him and he still didn't get rid of the football. It's like. The guy touched you. So you should know there's a defender right there. And he still didn't do anything. Get sacked. They go to Stidham, uh, who did throw an interception that was Edelman's fault on the pick six. Edelman mm-hmm. let it bounce off his hands right to uh, the Honey Badger for the touchdown. Um, but, yeah, I mean, New England did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought they would do. They would run the football, control the clock. And, you know, they really did a good job limiting the Chiefs offense till the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Chiefs still won easily, and I, I couldn't believe that stat at the end of the game. The Chiefs are the first team in NFL history to start consecutive seasons 4-0. That's, I thought that would have been done, so that was impressive. Uh, but the Chiefs, you know, get the job done. Not 
anything really that you're excited about statistically. Um, I went against Tyreek Hill. The guy needed 15 points. He got like 16. I lose by like 1.1. I'm like, you kidding me, man. Uh, but yeah, Travis Kelsey didn't have a big game, just three for 70. I mean, Mahomes, 236 and two, nothing outstanding. On the Patriots, Damian Harris, 17 for 100. So that's a good sign. But again, he's not going to be involved in the passing game. They still have James White there. Uh, but this team clearly needs Cam Newton back. Well, they definitely need Cam Newton back. You know, all right, let's, uh, you know, speaking of Damian Harris, because uh, it was actually in a conversation with somebody earlier uh, talking about running backs on the waiver wire this week. And, you know, I'm sure you and I will talk uh, plenty more waivers on, you know, on, on Tuesday's show when, uh, when we kind of go through it. But, you know, Damian Harris was dropped in a number of leagues, especially, uh, you know, in leagues with those commissioners who uh, weren't smart enough to set up IR spots on their, in their, you know, in their leagues. So Damian Harris, then you've got uh, Dearness Johnson in the wake of, uh, the Nick Chubb injury, and then, you know, a lot of people have uh, let Justin Jackson go, another guy who's been out for the entire time. Uh, you and I sort of discussed this on the Fantasy Alarm show. Uh, well, I mean, we went the difference between Dearness Johnson and uh, and Justin Jackson, and then you, you made some lewd remark about me, and it was terrible. It's very upsetting stuff. But nevertheless, we've got... The- <laughs> those two backs and now Damian Harris there as you're like setting up for uh for needing running backs uh on waivers how do you rank those guys yeah for me it would be Jackson one I think Dearness Johnson two and Harris three because we know Harris is just not going to catch passes right that's going to be James White and even Burkhead they'll throw to Burkhead he only had one reception tonight but James White back, James White had eight targets. So that's the problem with Harris. Uh, he's going to be touchdown reliant, kind of like Sony Michelle was. But he definitely looked good. And I think with Jackson, uh, it'll be a split with Kelly. Uh, but Kelly has had a fumble in each of the last two weeks. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit of a concern. And they still didn't really use Kelly a lot in the past game. So you wonder if that's going to be Jackson's role. Uh, and the Chargers offense looks better with Herbert at quarterback. Well, that's that's uh, with, never been Jackson's role, though. Jackson's always been the between-the-tackles guy. He's never been the pass catcher. Uh, but I think they might use him more as opposed to Kelly mm. in that role. Mm. Well, we're going to have to monitor that one. I'm going to write that one down right there. Let's see. Let's scribble that down there. I, I mean, they weren't going to use Jackson in that role if Eckler's there. Well, if Eckler's there, then Josh Kelly's not getting a bump in t- touches either. <laughs> no, I'm saying you said we've never seen Jackson used in that role. That's because when Jackson was there, it was Jackson and Eckler. So you think Eckler Jackson's a better pass catcher than Joshua Kelly? I don't know if they're going to use Kelly in that role. Hmm. I think they like Kelly more as a between-the-tackles guy. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Going to have to watch that. I mean, you know, the way the system... Uh, is set up. I mean, it doesn't even, you know, pass catching as a, as a running back, not even that huge of a thing. You know, we were complaining about Eckler's targets at the start of the season, uh, and yeah, they've gone up a little bit, but really Well, that's because Taylor was the quarterback in week one when he got nothing. Right. What's What, what were Eckler's targets the two weeks after? Two weeks after? Can I say two weeks after? Yeah, we're in week four. Look at his, his targets have gone way up with Herbert at quarterback. 
That's and Herbert has helped him and Keenan Allen. You gotta use Swift. Your offense is struggling. You're not a good team right now. You're one and three. You need some playmakers, and Swift is. I don't understand why they don't use him more. I kept thinking his role was going to grow, and then we saw, what, six snaps in week three? All right, fine. He played a little bit more this week and had the touchdown. I didn't start him anywhere. I don't see how I could have after the debacle that happened in week three. So I have been. I said it last week, don't drop Swift. Stay patient. Eventually his role will grow. But I just don't know what Detroit's doing. Uh, he had four carries for 22 yards. And in the passing game, he had four catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. So, obviously, the touchdown boosted him. But he's, they, they, they threw to, like, 10 different guys, man. Right. What are they doing? Like, 10 different guys had targets on this team. Actually, 11. My bad. 11 guys had targets for Detroit yesterday. Oh man, I, I don't know. You know, uh, everything. The only thing I really know about that stupid Detroit game was that, uh, you know, John and Pemba on the Fantasy Alarm podcast said something about DeAndre Swift for DFS. I laughed at him. He, you know, immediately tweeted out about uh, or messaged me about it uh, when, when it went down. Uh, and all I could see in that stupid Detroit game was uh, Marvin Jones's lack of. Uh, lack of targets and catches and, and anything of a semblance of, of a freaking wide receiver. Where the hell is he? Yeah, he did draw a long pass interference, but that doesn't help us in fantasy. No. And, <laughs> he and didn't get a touchdown afterwards. No, of course not. His, his targets have gone down with Galladay back. You know, we knew. And even when Galladay was out, he didn't do anything. He had Nothing. one touchdown. But still, yeah, you, you wonder if uh, age is a factor. Um, I I know he's only 30, but maybe we're starting to see some of these receivers around 30 just lose it quicker. A.J. Green's another guy. He's 32. Um, it's just weird how we're seeing even T.Y. Hilton, who's not even – what is T.Y. Hilton, like 28? He's not even that old. But we're seeing a lot of these uh, older guys just not really do anything uh, outside of, I guess, Thielen's been solid. Uh, but a lot of these 30, oh, Hilton's 30. Wow, I thought he was 28. Okay, Hilton's 30, turning 31 in November. Okay, that makes sense. There's the decline right there. The over 30 gang just does not perform uh, the way you're supposed to. I got sidetracked with Marvin Jones. I want to stay on the running backs here because it's really kind of, you know, losing some of these top guys. I'm looking at waivers and seeing, you know, who's out there. So we've got Justin Jackson. We've got Dearness Johnson. We've got Damian Harris. Uh, DeAndre Swift could be out there. You know what? You could also be looking at, at you know, some uh, uh, Malcolm Brown being another guy. Malcolm Brown uh, fell out of favor, you know, apparently is uh, what it looked like. And Daryl Henderson was supposed to be the guy. And then all of a sudden, it all turned into Malcolm Brown here. Um, so where do you rank Malcolm Brown in this uh, in this crew? Problem with that is I saw something from Sean McVay Monday night. He said that Cam Akers should be back in week five. So that could be a committee of three. That, I, I, that, that was kind of questionable, too, what the Rams did this week. I know there was a quote from McVay. It was like a long-winded answer. I got bored and stopped reading it about why he was <laughs> – like I was just like, what is he doing? Like I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, so – yeah, I put Brown below those guys because do you really feel good starting them? And especially if Akers comes back. And I know Akers didn't look good week one, and you're going to say he's a rookie, but 
it's not like he has to do much to maybe become the main guy in this backfield, or maybe they just play the hot hand all year, which would absolutely suck for fantasy. But I think with acres coming back, I think that's going to just create more chaos in that backfield. So do you want to add him if you need a running back? Sure. But I'd take the other guys that we mentioned previously ahead of him. All right. Uh, Leonard Fournette dropped in one of my leagues. Uh, level of interest in Leonard Fournette amongst the rest of these running backs. Yeah, I'm, I have to be interested. Now, I don't know if he'll play this week. They play Thursday night, short week. So Ronald Jones looked good at times, but he also dropped a lot of passes. Uh, we did see Keyshawn Vaughn get in because LaShawn McCoy got hurt, as well as Kenyon Barner. But, yeah, I still kind of have a glimmer of hope for Fournette long-term that he could emerge. Okay. But I think he's a – you know, if you need someone this week, he can't help you. So a lot of it, and we are getting to that point right now because I was getting some questions today and someone wanted to make a desperation trade. I'm like, what's your record? It's like one in three. And he had Eckler and Chubb. Now, we know those guys are each going to miss a minimum of three weeks. So you can say, well, no, hold on to them. Well, you could be one in six, one in seven when they come back. You can't wait. Like, especially if you're in a league and it feels like a lot of leagues just do top six records now where they don't use points. Uh, there comes to a point where you got to play it week to week. You know, that's what I did last year when I was 0-4, was able to turn it around. So uh, it is team dependent on your situation. I know you do have Nick Chubb in a lot of leagues, so you're probably really looking for someone. I don't know if you have a Chubb-Eckler combo in a league, but yeah, if you have those two, got to be desperate. Like I did it two weeks ago in the FSGA, 14-team league. I had Zeke, and I was starting. I started Chase Edmonds in week two. And I'm like, I can't do this as much as I like him. And, yeah, he can score a touchdown, and it's the Arizona offense, and they play up-tempo, run a lot of plays, and Edmonds can get in there for seven to ten touches. You don't want to rely on that week in, week out. So I said, all right, I'm spending 44 bucks on Mike Davis, understanding that Mike Davis might only be a play for three, four weeks. But you know what? I expect him to be good those weeks and just get me through that period, and then I'll figure it out. Maybe someone else emerges on the waiver wire. And – it's worked so far, been able to get wins the last two weeks. Uh, so I, I sometimes you have to play it like that. I know sometimes people are like, well, this running back's only going to be viable for, you know, two or three weeks. And a lot of people thought, oh, Henderson's the guy to spend on. Well, we found out this past week, maybe not. So I think it really does come down to your situation. And even if you think you have a lot of depth at running back and you're good and you have no injury, you should still put in claims. You just never know. You might be surprised that you get one of these guys for cheap. Probably not, but it takes two seconds to put in a bid. But I'll tell you, man, out of all these guys who we've mentioned, I, I like probably all of them over, you know, any of the, the wide receivers who are probably sitting out on waivers. Like that's, that's the funny thing is that, you know, even these guys in a partial role uh, are going to be much more valuable to you than, than some of these wide receivers who, you know, may or may not see targets moving forward. Or, you know, I mean, you want to say, you know, dependent on something, you know, they're obviously dependent on, on whether or not their QBs throwing the ball and stuff. So, you know, there are a lot of guys who I see on the waiver wire guys like, you know, Greg Ward and Randall Cobb and, uh, McCole Hardman, you know, yeah, he had a, he got into the end zone tonight, but I mean, it's such a rarity, uh, that there's any consistency. So, 
Yeah, I think you you do have to you you have to go for these running backs, and I mean, if you're in trouble, you have to you know, and you don't need running backs. Like I told you about a, a league uh, that I'm in, you know, on uh, the Kings Classic, where I just went four and zero after tonight's you know tonight's game was over. Um, I don't need any running backs, but I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to trade somebody in order to get a wide receiver because there's crap of wide receivers sitting on the waiver wire that I'm just better off spending my fab on some of these running backs and maybe helping myself out a little bit uh, on the trade front. Everybody needs running backs. Everybody needs running backs. Oh, there's no doubt. I don't care. Maybe if you're in an eight or 10 team league, but still the injury strike and I, I say it every week, you know, someone says, oh, I have good running back depth. Can I trade him? I'm like, talk to me next week. Same. You could have had Eckler, Chubb and a couple other guys. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have depth. I can trade these guys away. Oh, now I don't because now Eckler and Chubb are missing time. So, yeah, everyone does need running backs. And, yeah, if you have like five solid ones, if you have four, you have money, you pick up that fifth. Absolutely. You look to make a trade uh, for sure to upgrade another area of need on your team. Uh, because people will, people need running backs. Everyone does. And especially since the bye weeks are really going to start to come up, we got Detroit and Green Bay on bye next week. So uh, keep that in mind. Definitely keep that in mind. Um, all right, before we get into what I wanted to do is I just wanted to get some of your uh, your, your favorite takeaways from uh, this week uh, in, in fantasy football. Uh, but before we do that, I want to just give a shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site. Y'all should be playing on. Why you're not playing on it, I don't know. And I'll tell you why you should be playing on it right now. <laughs> do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, so we've gone through the running backs. We're sitting on the waiver wire, who we like, who we don't like. Um, I guess the uh, the big question is now is uh, some of your some of your favorite takeaways. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon with the big week, Odell Beckham with the big week. Uh, what are you taking away from week four that, you know, is going to be helpful for everybody listening moving forward? Yeah, the takeaway is play everyone against Dallas. Uh, defense is <laughs> atrocious, man. They can't stop anyone. Now, we really find out next week because they play the Giants. And the Giants have had a brutal start to the season. 
We knew they had a tough schedule going in. I knew it when I drafted Daniel Jones, and I have really not been able to play him. I think I – I actually – did I – no, 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 I didn't play him this week. In a super flex league, I obviously have played him. Uh, but interesting this week because they play the Cowboys, who have stopped no one. So you have to think Daniel Jones gets going this week. Mixon wasn't a surprise. We knew he would – turn it around, especially against Jacksonville. Now, the schedule is a little challenging the next couple weeks. I believe they have the Ravens and the Colts. Uh, So, a little tougher. Although, we did see Antonio Gibson have a decent game against the Ravens and find the end zone. We saw what the Chiefs did to them two weeks ago. Maybe we're not as intimidated. Uh, Colts have been pretty good defensively, but uh, Mixon has the talent. They threw to him more, and we saw this last year. So, you could look at it as a uh, time to sell high, but if you if you get an overwhelmingly good offer, sure. But we saw what he did last year in the second half, so the volume is there, and that's very important. I think we have to be worried about Kenyon Drake. You know, he couldn't get it done against the Panthers, who came in as the worst uh, defense against the run, and he only had 13 carries for 35 yards, took a big hit late in the game, and not involved in the passing game. I mean, five targets on the season, uh, not getting him the ball with the screen. The play calling in Arizona has been atrocious. And Drake just doesn't look the same. It just doesn't seem like he has the same explosion. And I see him running to the outside, and he just doesn't look that quick. And Chase Edmonds uh, does look better. Uh, and they throw to Edmonds more. Five catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown. So I think it's... Definitely time to worry about Drake. Uh, you can't get it done against the Panthers. Definitely have concerns. And people are going to say, well, they got the Jets next week. The Jets have actually been pretty good against the run. Then they have the Cowboys and the Seahawks and the Dolphins. So the schedule's not bad, but he couldn't get it done against the Panthers. That looked like a prime spot. And at least the first three weeks he was getting volume. But I just don't understand why he's not involved in the passing game. And we've been through this before with Drake. We, we were there with two coaching regimes in Miami, and we always like, come on, why doesn't Drake get the ball? And then he comes to Arizona last year and looks good, although I think there was like three touchdowns in one game. Like, they were kind of game-heavy, and there were some games he didn't do much. But, yeah, I think you have to worry about Drake right now for sure. And, uh, again, if Edmonds is out, I'd definitely pick him up. Uh, and Beckham, look, we this was a game that you'd expect them to go off. I used him in DFS. He was cheap. And the Cowboys just can't stop anyone. And it was a great game to get them going. And they did say they need to get back on the ball early in the game. So I think you have to hope that that uh, continues going forward. Uh, that's what you'd like to see for sure. But the other takeaway is Terry McLaurin. I don't care who he's playing. He starts every damn week. I don't care. You know, I got questions about him. Oh, because he had the thigh injury. It's the Ravens. doesn't matter. Guys went up against some top corners this year. Ten catches, 118 yards, even with the poor quarterback play. And I'll tell you this, Lamar Jackson doesn't look good this year. I mean, we all saw it against the Chiefs, but he had Hollywood Brown open. And he's just not putting touch on the ball enough. Uh, Brown had four for 86. He could have had a bigger game. And we saw it against the Chiefs as well. He was open a couple times. Lamar's not getting him the football enough. I'm staying patient with Hollywood Brown, but Lamar Jackson's just not looking great right now. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. Well, some food for thought, no doubt about it. You know, just something to think about, chew on. Uh, We're going to let the rest of Monday Night Football just kind of 
uh, marinate a little bit. We're going to let a little. Uh, oh, little one light. more thing. Oh, yeah. What's up? I love George Kittle. When he's on your fantasy team, <laughs> have him on one squad. Oh, man. 15 for 183 and a touchdown. And you got to like the, you gotta like to watch him play. That dude just mauls people. He catches the ball and throws people to the side with that stiff arm. He's got the personality. I, look, I hate the 49ers as a Cowboys fan, but George Kittle's fun to watch. George Kittle is definitely fun to watch. I like the intensity. He's definitely a character. He's got a lot of personality. But the, the beauty of, the, of, of all the personality is that he's got the talent to back it up. And that's oh, and what's most important. It, everyone likes to talk crap when they're right. Uh, but we got to be accountable when we're wrong. I got to say one player so far I've been wrong on, Stefan Diggs, man. Now, I said that I thought Diggs is one of the best receivers and route runners in the NFL, but I was a little concerned with no offseason acclimating with Josh Allen and the lack of accuracy. Well, Allen has definitely improved. He's more accurate. This Bills offense is more wide open. It's fun to watch, and Diggs is crushing it. So I did rank him right around the top 10 wide receivers each week, but going into the year, uh, he was not really someone I was interested in, and he was cheap, man. I mean, he started falling in the fifth, sixth round, and that's – that was a surprising thing because I thought, all right, Diggs is going to go third, fourth round. I'm not paying that price. And I should have just said, you know what? Fifth, sixth round, that's a point. One of the top receivers, you take a shot. And you knew he was going to get targets, but Allen definitely has improved. He still makes some bonehead plays at times, but he's definitely improved with the accuracy. And Diggs is balling out, man. All right. All right. Anything else you want to take away from week four? Rights, wrongs, indifference? Uh, Keenan Allen with Herbert, man. It's another guy that receives an upgrade, and uh, I wasn't on him most of the year. And then one of my l- last drafts, I think it was like the five six turn, and a lot of the receivers I wanted were going. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take Keenan Allen here. Like at this point, why not? And what if it works out? Because again, Keenan Allen's another player. I think he's one of the top receivers in the NFL. I was just worried if you look at his last several years, heavy heavy volume. And then with Taylor to start the year, I didn't think they were going to play at that pace. And I didn't know what to expect from Herbert. I wasn't sure if he would be ready. Well, he's looked good, and he's looking for Keenan Allen. It is boosting Keenan Allen. 12 more targets, 8 for 62. I mean, Herbert is very good for Keenan Allen. And I don't see how Anthony Lynn goes back to Taylor. I mean, what are you watching? No, he, like, he definitely can't go back to Taylor. That that like, would be that would yeah, be a mistake. You, yeah, you just can't. And uh, Brady, five touchdowns, man. A lot of people writing them off. And even with no Chris Godwin and Howard going down and Gronk non-existent, Brady finding a way to get it done. Yeah, I can't buy into it. I mean, listen, it was it was the, it was a great game. It was a great performance, uh, and against the solid defense, you know, I will say that uh, the Chargers definitely did have you know some some of their own issues. Uh, to say the least, but uh, you know, I'm not ready to, to you know climb back onto the oh he's the goat uh, and 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 deal with that kind of attitude about Brady. It was it was a great effort, uh, it was solid, but I mean let's face it, the 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 three weeks prior have not been good, not not at all. No, that's for sure. Um, but could that have been a case of acclimating to his new team and? Just getting into a rhythm since there was Dude, no preseason. He's been practicing with these guys all. It does. It's different though. Long. Pra- all COVID practice, time. Practicing and then getting into a real game where you're getting hit in a live action. It's completely different. Ah, 
You're a Brady lover. I'm gonna buy you. No, a I'm not. TB, I'm gonna buy you a TB12 cookbook. No, nah, I don't want it. I, I respect them, <laughs> uh, but I'm not. A, I'm not really a fan. I don't want to see the Bucks win. Why not? Why don't you want to see the Bucks win? Well, I mean, if there's any team I want to see win in the NFC, it's the Cowboys. That's looking like it's not oh, going to well, happen. I mean, you know, Even dude, with screw, the NFC, screw that pipe garbage. dream, dude. Screw that pipe dream. That's not happening for you. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see him win in a Bucks uniform. Uh, I'll, I'd rather see another team. <laughs> Were you against? Like, would you have been upset if Joe Montana had won a a, a Super Bowl with the Chiefs? Uh, no, I wouldn't have cared. Would it have Wouldn't bummed have. you out to see Brett Favre win a Super Bowl with the Vikings? Bumped me out? No. I thought you were gonna say Jets. I'm like, why would I say the Jets, dude? That that would just be <laughs> that would be stupidity. That would just be t- like like lobbing you up a, a a ball in volleyball, saying, "Please, dear Lord, spike this on my fat, ugly face right now." Speaking of the Jets, Robbie Anderson has been way better than I thought. Oh, my God. I hate I, you so I, much. I didn't think he'd get this many targets, but I guess I should have known his former college coach brought him in and he left Adam Gase. Right? Because Robbie Anderson showed good flashes with the Jets at times. It was inconsistent, but uh, I did Robbie Anderson have a four-game stretch like this with the Jets? He, You know, he's had at least... Ten and a half points in PPR leagues in every single game this year. He might. Did he have a stretch like that? I gotta go. I want to look that up. Do you, do Probably you, not. Do it's you, the Jets. Do you remember? Do you remember on Friday's fantasy alarm show when I said take the Browns and 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 get the points, but they'll win it outright? Do you remember that one? Do you remember that, Adam? Do you? Yeah. Do you? I, do you remember when I said that the Colts would cover and that the Giants Rams would go under forty eight? Do you? Do you? Do you? We each went two and one, I believe. Yeah, no, I wasn't talking about that. I was speaking about the uh, just your, your your needless swipes against the Jets. It's not needless, dude. First of all, remember this, okay? It's like it's like beating a dead horse, dude. No, it's dead already. What did I say? What that's did inaccurate. Say? What did I say? That's inaccurate. I was saying I I was not I was dismissing Robbie Anderson this year. I was like, oh, it's not gonna happen. They have too many weapons there, and he's been the top one so far. Right, right, right. And, you know, he's away from Gase. I mean, you, right. you know. And, and that's a fact. Haven't we seen everyone who leaves Gase do well? Right, right. It's, Look, I want to... It's low-hanging fruit, baby. It's no, it's hanging not. Fruit. See, here's the thing you don't understand. You're better than that. I, I hate the Giants. I actually want the Jets to do well. I have a lot of friends who are Jets fans. If there's any team here that I want to see do well, it's the Jets. Because I really do feel bad. I know what it's like as a Mets fan. I know it's worse as a Jets fan. At least the Mets have won a World Series and gone to the World Series, but I want to see the Jets do well. I don't want to hear I your really pity. Do. I don't want your pity. You keep your pity to yourself, dude. Keep your pity to yourself. I'm, we we don't not, need it has you. nothing we, to do with you. I'm being honest. We don't need your support. Just do well. Your I friend, want to see the Jets do well. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would like to see them do well. But your they friends get who are Jets fans don't want your support either. They, okay. don't need, they don't need that mocking tone of yours. It's not mocking, man. Yes, it is. It's not. Dude, I, I, you know, I'm not even looking at you right now, and I know you've got a smirk on your face. No, it's mocking Giants. <laughs> when, I, when I do mocking, it's the Giants. It's not the Jets. <laughs> because the Jets are just such an easy punching bag. They're the worst. The Giants are now, too, man. The Giants have been bad now for several years. I mean, you could say, oh, well, they have those Super Bowls over the Patriots, but uh-huh. the Giants have been pretty bad for for a while now. 
Not as long as the Jets have been. That is true, unfortunately. <laughs> Don't say unfortunately. You're not on our side. <laughs> I'm not on the Giants' side, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'll tell you what. We're going to dive much deeper into waiver wire talk uh, on the next episode of Anti Up before Adam makes another comment, another sideways comment about my New York Jets. Uh, I'm going to say we're Can't be as bad as Calvin Ridley and Brandon (laughs) Cook's fantasy week. Oh, oh, here it comes. Lay it on me with the Brandon Cook's talk some more. I wasn't trying to lay that on you. It's just Brandon Cook sucks. (laughs) Did you use him that much this week? For real? I did. Oh, I mean, look, it was a good spot. I can't blame you. I mean, I went Watson, Fuller, and Cobb. Cobb sucked too, so. Are you going to let me get the hell out of here now? Yeah, I'm going to let you go. We're done. Are you sure? Are you positive? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You sure you don't want to kick me in the nuts right now? I'm not kicking you in the nuts. Yes, you are. I am not. The fact that you don't realize that you're kicking me in the nuts right now, that's what makes you an, an evil person. I'll stop. <laughs> Waiver wire talk. Congrats to those who used Robert Tanyan tonight. Oh, see, I hate now that so was much kicking now. That was just that now was, I really it's so mean. It's so mean. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in. Big thanks to the Sawdust Podcast Network, Fantasy Alarm, Shannon Blunt for all her hard work. I'm Howard Bender for the meanest man in the world, Adam Ronis. <laughs> High okay. five. Did you say high five? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little Borat action. Little Borat thrown at you. Oh, my Lord. That's it. We're out of here. We'll catch you next time.